The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Best-selling author Beth Moore invites you to question the one who knows you best in The Quest. It is always a lie that holds any stronghold together. So this process of being able to go, who told you that? That if we can't answer every single time when it comes to God's identity or our own, that if we're not getting our information from God, we are being deceived. Asking questions that lead to vulnerability and intimacy with God, next. You're going to be happy too. Beth Moore's here. Now listen, you know, it was Wednesdays with Beth. This is the whole week with Beth. You know, you saw Beth for so many years and now you can still see her on, on TBN on Wednesday nights and uh, Lifeway, her incredible publisher, and, and I know they love her and she does love them because together they've been able to not just get the word out, they've been able to get people in the word. And she's got a new Bible study that's called The Quest an excursion toward intimacy with God. And somehow, even when I picked it up and started looking through it, I said, this is different, it's unique, and I don't think you can go through this and not be in the Word and the Word get in you. Now, that's what I feel. How about would you welcome Beth Moore to life today? I'm so happy. I'm so full of joy. Thank you so much. You glad to be back? I cannot even tell you the joy that is in my heart. I'm just so, so happy. I love you both so much. Let's talk about this okay. quest. It's interesting. Betty, you were asking her before we walked here about the, about the name, what she was implying. Yeah, I, explain what you mean okay. by the quest. I, Betty, you would love this kind of thing because you like to journal back. Okay, mm -hmm. what I try to do, you guys know this because you try to do the same thing. I want to see people... Uh, flourish in their faith. And I want, I know this sounds so silly and so elementary, but I want people to enjoy God. He is the most exciting, thrilling part of my life. My prayer time has life in it. It's the, it is the high point of my day. Mm. And so I, I feel like there are so many people that don't understand the joy of it, the, that our time with him is dialogue, that we're in, in the scriptures instead of just sitting there reading it, that we understand, no, God is speaking to us through his word. Let's come into it and talk back. That when we get to where we engage with him, that when I'm with him, I'm not just sitting before him reading and then just saying my prayers to him, but I am engaging with him continually. That when I'm reading his word to be able to look at it and go, Lord, you know what? That is such a beautiful passage. I don't know when the last time was I saw that. Or Lord, I don't know what that means. That seems so odd to me. To be able to dialogue right then mm -hmm. and to pull, come into that intimate relationship 
relationship where you know you have been with him. And so what, what I began to listen to, because I, I, I like to listen carefully, what is it that the body needs? You know, I'm a teacher. You guys are in, in also in leadership mm -hmm. and in pastoring and teaching, so you know what I'm talking about. You're listening to the needs of the body. And so over and over, women would tell me, okay, I'm beginning to get traction in my Bible study life. But Beth, I'm just gonna tell you something. I don't I don't just really feel life in my in my prayer life. I, I just don't feel that kind of uh, vivaciousness there. And so I began to think, okay, Lord, what would be the approach to help people see that they are engaging themselves, that I'm not taking them there. The first half of every single lesson is them getting in the Word and setting them up for the second half, which is between them and God alone. And so the whole idea of the concept of quest is coming into it free to ask questions. One of, of the most marvelous things, I did research, I got very, very intrigued with it because I started noticing how many questions are in Scripture. And do you know, because there's been a study done on it, in the King James Version, 3,298 questions in the Scriptures <laughs> from Genesis to Revelation. You know, when people will say, well, I just have all, question, all sorts of questions about, about the Word, and I'm always thinking, you know what, the Word has all sorts of questions for you. <laughs> you don't begin to have the questions for the Scriptures that the Scriptures has for you. So what's interesting about it is that many of the questions God Himself is posing, that God in the Old Testament, Christ in the New, over and over again, they are asking questions that they already know the answer to. Jesus answered some questions with a question. Absolutely, he did. <laughs> and you have to ask yourself, why? And so my premise is, and I believe that we can prove this over and over through Scripture, is that he was calling them in to interaction. And listen, not just interaction, but engagement. And not just engagement, but intimacy. Yeah. That in that grappling and in that wrestling, in, in being able to come to him with what, what does this mean? I've been on walks with him where I've just thrown my face toward the sky and gone, how do you feel about this? I, what's, your, what's your stand on it? You know what I'm saying? And that's okay to ask God yes. questions like that. Not once has he yeah. opened up the sky and gone, well, to tell you the truth, <laughs> not once. But there's something about the freedom to ask. Sure. An invitation to ask. Yes. And you're not, gonna, you're not going to surprise him with anything no. you ask. No, because it's on our hearts anyway. Yeah. We're grappling anyway. Yeah. And so one of the concepts is this. I, I, you guys love uh, visual learning as much as I do, so I, I think you'll understand this, and I think, um, I think our viewers will too. I think especially in the day that we're living in, in our present culture, we want everything. We want our path to look like an exclamation mark. I mean, we just want it to be straightforward, and then we want everything to have a point. You understand what I'm saying? I wish I could act it out for you and just run and then leap and jump because we want everything. We want to give our lives to Jesus. We want it to go just like we expect it to go. It's going to be fabulous. Everything about it is going to be an exclamation mark, and it's always going to have a point. But instead, we surrender to him, and very often that path, instead of going straight like this to the point, starts going like this. And all at once, we're going all the way around here. And wait, this is not what I signed up for. And all of a sudden, you know, what it's making is a question mark where you, a lot of times you're just looking at the point like this going, I think there is a point somewhere. I'm not positive what it is. A lot of times we'll know, but a lot of times we don't. And what 
I'm trying to prove scripturally is that's part of the faith walk. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as faith if there's no question to be asked whatsoever because it's unseen. So we're, we're believing him for something that we cannot see. We love this one with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength that we have never laid our eyes on, never heard speak audibly from heaven. This whole thing is just this setup for coming into this whole adventure of faith. And so what it does, instead of where my other studies would be, like from beginning to end of that lesson, they would be in study mode. What this one does is it bridges them over where the whole second half of the lesson is in prayer. And what happens there is they're looking at scripture and looking at questions that God asks and they're having them posed to them. Mm -hmm. And you you took five questions yes. from God. Yes. And I think you wanted to touch on two of them yes. in this session. Yes. She'd be with us in another, she'll be all week. And then you want to touch on yes. three of them. You want to touch on those I first do. Two? I'll tell you the five of them and then let's kind of take these okay. apart because right. I've looked so forward to this. We laughed together because we have not been together in a while. And I said, listen, we're, somebody's going to have to tell us to shut up. Yeah, because you know what? Rhonda has prepared Betty because she might want to say something. And Rhonda, what did Rhonda give you for Christmas? A whistle. Go. <laughs> so if you want to say if something. If I want to say something. Time out. <laughs> she, she wants to say something. She'll blow the whistle. Rhonda, Rhonda knew you were coming. And she yeah. said. We have always said that, Bo, that Betty blows us out of the water. Yeah. She'll be quiet for a long time and then she'll say it and it's gone. Right. I mean, like she took it, it home. That's all there is to it. So and now just she just blows leave. it with the whistle. <laughs> yes. She goes, she'll yes. interrupt us. So there are two questions that, of course, God asks in Genesis 3. And it begins with, with those where he says, first, I mean, the first thing we see in print with him talking to man is, where are you? The second question is, who told you that? And then we turn over to the New Testament and then Jesus starts the very same pattern. He starts asking questions. The very first thing he says in the gospel of John is, what are you seeking? What is it you want? And then he asks the question, what, why are you afraid? And then he asks the question, how much more? I can't wait to get to that one, so I don't want to give it away. But what my premise is in the study is that those five questions, just those, the Word of God's full of them, but just those five questions, if you look at those five and just think through, where are you? Who told you that? What are you seeking? Why are you afraid? How much more? If you went to those five questions that you would have recalibrating in your spiritual life, every time that if you felt like you had wandered from God or you felt like your heart had gotten dull toward him or you'd just somehow gotten a distance between the two of you, then just to go back and try to answer those questions, Beth, where are you? Well, Lord, I, I think this is where I am. I think this is what's been going on. Who, who told you that? What, what are you seeking? What is it you really want? What are you afraid of? How much more would I give the Holy Spirit to you? So it, it is a, a, an invitation to always find your way back through trying to answer those five questions. It just begins with where are you? Because it, in every season of our life, especially when we feel like we're wandering, that we feel like you know there's a distance between God and, and me that I just can't seem to define. Well, then where, where is it you think you are right now? 
try to describe it. Well, Lord, I feel like I'm in a desert. I feel like I'm in a wilderness. I feel like I can't find, I can't find the well. One of the things that I want so much to get across is that we look at our time with God as, as discipline. And yes, of course, we have to have self-discipline if we want to be mighty in Christ. We're going to have to make certain decisions about, about stewarding our time and stewarding our energy and our resources. Yes, of course, of course. But what we three and so many others have discovered through the years of knowing Him is it's not, my time with Him is not just about discipline. It is about dining it's about dining on him, about, about sitting at the table with him and him being the, the, the greater reality than anything I can see with my eyes or touch with my hands that I know he's with me. I'll, I'll wake up in the mornings and I know many of you would say the same thing. I'll wake up early in the morning and my alarm will go off and as much as I want to roll over and go back to sleep, but I'll, I'll, I'll have that sense he's waiting on me. He, he looks forward to me getting up. I mean, he's been awake all night. And he's just like, he's waiting like, good grief, how late are you gonna sleep? Like it's 5.17. And I, I love that and sense. He is. He absolutely oh, is. he's there and I just talk out loud he's to him. He's excited to be with us. He is. He is, and so that's the approach to it, that we'll dialogue with him, see that through his word he's talking to us and that we talk back and that we, we know that he's there. He says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And don't, to me, a, a big part of that too is not only just immediately when I'm having that time with God, not start talking myself so much, but to be still. Yes. And allow God to speak first, yes. maybe, you know? Yes. How, how do you deal, because we, We've got only a few minutes left in this program with that. Who told you that? Okay, this one, this, this recalibrating question, I have heard back from people who have done the study as being one of the most impactful ones because they didn't see it coming. And I don't think I could have known that that's how it was going to be received. When, when they start explaining, when, when Adam starts explaining to God, this is what's happened, and what the serpent did, and he says, who told you that? Who told you that you were naked? So I just took the very first part of that question because what, what I'm hoping that that reader is gonna get is that we can always look at the root of something when we are feeling faithless or fearful and we'll see every single time that what is at the root level of every area of bondage in our lives, of every area where sin gets a hold of us and where we have not just been tempted but we have fallen full on in that pit, that every single time somehow or another we are believing a lie. It is always a lie that holds any stronghold together. So this process Process of being able to go, who told you that? Mm. That if we can't answer every single time when it comes to God's identity or our own, that if we're not getting our information from God, we are being deceived. Mm. And so what I'm, I'm hoping they'll do is get to where they can say, well, um, do, do, do you believe certain things about God? Y yes, I do. Well, why do you believe it? Well, because my pastor said, okay, great, great. Who told him? Mm. 
Can you point it back to the scriptures sure. so that you know, no, it's there. It's in concrete. It's immovable. That is permanent truth. It's eternal words that to be able to go, who told me that? God did. And that if I can't come to that conclusion, then what I believe is suspect. Mm-hmm. So when we when we realize that our belief system is, um, is filled with lies, like I'm so stupid, like I'm always going to cycle back into that pit. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to be nothing but a failure. I'll never be able to get ahead on this. I'll never be able to be financially responsible. I'll always, always be tormented in my mind. You know the kinds of things I'm talking about? Sure. For God to be able to lean in with us in our defeat, like he did with Adam in the garden, and go, who told you that? And when you enter, like you're saying in the quest, the intimacy, his voice overrides that other voice. Yes. So then you don't wonder who you are. You know who you are. That's exactly right. And it gives you the intimacy. Do you like what you're hearing? Are you excited about this quest? The the book is obviously available in the bookstores, and you don't have to go to Lifeway. Uh, You can go to any bookstore. But you can also go online and get it and get into the study and get into the Word. So, Beth, I can see because when I looked at this, I realized, you know, you're going to be doing some of this uh, intimacy building when you go through the word here. And I can see that the beautiful way you laid it out, I mean, they can have some notepads and some notes, but you've actually given them a guideline and a way to begin recording. I have an idea they're going to take the journaling from here on over I in addition so. because I think they're going to begin to enter into to intimacy. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart to, uh, you know, for doing this. Just tell Beth again how much you appreciate her. And I know all of you viewers will just... You want to get it. So many of you have such deep appreciation for the incredible anointing that God has put on Beth. And I hope you'll get this material. Uh, You will not have any problem finding it. And you get in the Word and grow. Beth, you you went to the mission field. And you and your husband went. And you went gladly. I want our viewers to look in and see something that moved our hearts. But our viewers here and viewers right in the studio but all over the world have been as excited about doing what I'm about to point to as anything they've ever done. I want you to watch closely and just see if you don't want to step up and say, you know what? I'm going to be part of an indescribable, undeniable miracle. Watch closely. Water is pure. Water is natural. Water is healthy. Water can help all. These are lines from a poem that few people would ever take exception to. But on a recent mission trip to Africa, in search of stories about villagers and their water sources, Jeannie Rogers shared a different perspective. As beautiful as this setting looks, it's so deceiving because this water is killing the children of this village. Every mother that our team visited in the village of Gawazi and in the surrounding villages told us heart-rending stories of the deaths of their children. And those children died due to waterborne illnesses caused by contaminated water. As a grandmother, I was touched by the story of another grandmother. Her name was Casalita. So how has this water affected your family? Water 
My heart just broke for Casalita and for all the other mothers who had suffered loss. But I could not leave Casalita without assuring her that there's hope. There's hope for her and for the other villagers. I ask in agreement with her faith that you change the situation in her family, that you protect the lives of her children and her grandchildren and all the people of this village. Lord, give them good water, clean water. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Jeannie is praying there, and she's such a sweetheart. What a singer she is. Did all our crusades, great soloist. Jerry Falwell said years ago, greatest singer in the world, man or woman. He introduced her that way many times. You know right now that her uh, middle son, Jared, and his four sons are all in Africa right now for the next six or seven months with her little children, just ministering to the people. And uh, it's amazing the love that God pours through her and through those missionaries. You, you saw the concern of, the, of that mother, that grandmother too, all the mothers Jeannie referenced. And you really are the answer to the heartache. Betty, we know that if we can give a, not just a cup of water, but give that village and 400 villages that we've targeted where we know there's water available, and we know it's subsurface available, and we can give them a, a manual pump because they don't have reliable electricity or power and they can get it, even children can. We can change everything for all those people. We can, we can heal their broken hearts. And I know you're familiar, if you've watched us, you know that we do our best to save lives. And clean water miraculously immediately saves lives. 400 villages, $4,800 for a well. You know, people tell us that they're excited, and you are. We wrote a check today uh, to help with the outreaches of life and to help with water. We, we're asking you right now, if you could give a well, please do it, 4,800. Or give part of a well, 1,200 or 2,400. You give 12, you say, Lord, help three people join me. Three more at 1,200, we've got a well. 2,400, one person joins me. But most of the support, Betty, still comes from people who give $48, and that gives 10 people water the rest of their life. Or they give, let's say, $144 as an example, 30 people water the rest of their life. This works. What we do overseas, the love of God works. Beth, you've been there. I will never forget you praying over a little boy named Matthew, and you were so moved, but you also knew, the missionary said, this is probably the last prayer that will be prayed. He will likely die within the next 24 hours. And you saw what? I mean, he was dying. I don't even know a stronger way to say it. I, and I have rarely been in a situation where I had seen a child in that kind of condition at the very door of death. And the helplessness of, I mean, it was over is all I know to say. It looked completely over. And I then, months later, see this video a year later. of a child running and playing. And I mean, 
I get to see and you get to with go my and own pray eyes with it yourself. this child. <laughs> and it was this, it, honestly, if the same marks had not been on his physical body, I could not have even had room in my mind to think that was the same kid. That's what love does, it, Beth. It was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. But it happens, and this is what I want all of you to listen to. It happens for millions. Miracles just like that. Just like what Beth talked about. Would you give water? We have some gifts to give you, to bless you, but I know you're not thinking about that because you're going to give the greatest gift. You're going to give the gift of life. You're going to give water for life, and the missionary is going to tell them about the water of life. You're going to really make an impact. Would you right now go online, or would you dial that number? Please take your bike card and use it like a check. I want you to make the gift God puts on your heart right now. Would you please do that? You're going to be someone's miracle. They hoped for and prayed for, but they're going to be able to be a part of it. Thank you for making it happen. Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink dirty, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. You can help end the suffering because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help drill 400 water wells in remote villages in over 15 nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the riches of Christ, what true prosperity looks like, filled with wisdom, prayers, and scripture. James Robison adds insight from what God has shown him about finding contentment in the Father's provision for your life. With your gift of $100 or more, please request the Children of the World Storybook Bible. This easy-to-read Bible features colorful art by children from nearly 50 countries around the world. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request the Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Well, in behalf of every mother and grandmother and every precious child, we want to say thank you. I, I want you to get uh, this book. It's sent for any gift. It's The Riches of Christ what true prosperity looks like. Betty and I have been married 55 years. And we've always been givers. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I really believe when you sow, you reap. That's the law of the harvest. But we've never made a gift. We've never given a well. We've never given a gift. We never gave gifts to our children thinking about what would come back. All we thought about what was going out. There's something about living with a giving spirit where you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about what love does. Let me share insights here. I think they'll be totally transforming. It won't take you long to read it. you probably read it in an hour or two. Uh, and then the children's storybook Bible and then the beautiful uh, Bridge of Faith by Thomas Kincaid. We're going to send those to say thanks. Beth's going to be back with us uh, and she's going to continue to talk about the quest. Y'all like Beth? You want to say thanks for being here? We're glad you're coming back. What a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. It's been a blast. Thank all of you. Thank you. Thank you for watching. Thanks for being a miracle.
And I, I just think, isn't it interesting that all of these whys and God answered it with who? The Quest, tomorrow with Beth Moore. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.